hey kids, you uh, you trying to get into Segment City? Well, you really shouldn't, because Segment City is a mature podcast, and listener discretion is advised. I'm just trying to look at, I know I'm in an alleyway, I know, I know how I look, but I got some fireworks for you kids. I got snakes and I got sparklers, that's all I got. Oh, don't give me that. You were almost not ready with that clap, my boy. I almost, almost. <laughs> uh, okay, you you threw me off. Go. <laughs> Welcome to to our wonderful Danish city. Ooh, a little Willow Wonka we, energy here. Yes, a little bit because ooh, we're going to start off strong. This is show segment. We're, we're even doing it before the title of the show. Uh-huh. We're doing a short little segment about a very weird looking cookie. Oh, how weird could it be? This is about. This is a quick little thing about the Kagamand. The w- the Kagamand. <laughs> Kagamand. So, that's not a word uh, I recognize. I need you to. Or I- <laughs> the Kagakon, uh, which in English is the Cake Man or the Cake Woman. Oh, I assumed it was a- like the Cookie Cake or the Cookie Cone. But what do I know? I'm an ignorant American. No, you're not a, a sophisticated Danish person. <laughs> you're not doing a lot to sell me on sophistication. I'm, no. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, I mostly picked uh, this because the uh, picture on Wikipedia for this is wonderful. Mm. But let me let me just describe this. So this is a Danish cake uh-huh. in the shape of a boy or a girl. Kind of like a gingerbread man situation? Yeah. Okay. Which is traditionally eaten at birthdays and anniversaries. Which anniversaries, I feel like, is a weirder. Here's oh, you. Like, happy, happy, I happy, love... happy, 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 man. It's time for a cookie. <laughs> Maybe I will, man. Hey. That's definitely what they do. The Danish are known for their little, little <laughs> happy, jingles. happy song. Yes. Um, and so the cake is usually made with either a soft yeast dough topped with brown sugar or a Danish pastry dough topped with icing glaze. Sounds delish. Uh, it does. In any case, the cake is decorated with candies and festive Danish flags, which I think is huh. also a now, fun little, part of it. That I mixing enjoyed. in a little patriotism in there. Okay, all right. That's that's like us. Like people always say in America that we're weirdly patriotic. Like we we vow to the flag that we think, protect all its secrets yeah, I, every time, <laughs> every morning in in school. On a scale from one to, I'm actively being murdered. If you went to your friend's birthday party and they decided to put an American flag on their birthday cake, where, where on that scale would you fall? <laughs> okay, do they have a pickup truck out front? Definitely. Because I don't see how you get into the situation if they don't have a pickup truck out front. That's true. That's true. Um, Pretty high. Pretty um, high on that scale, I'd imagine. Hmm. Definitely there are guns in the household. Yeah. <laughs> that you could have a patriotic friend who's just like, you know what? Some people are like yeah. weirdly religious and also patriotic. So I, maybe they don't there, have. Yeah. Okay. Um, so in any case, this is in the Wikipedia Sorry. article. Yeah, in any case, the cake is decorated with candy and festive Danish flags. Uh, traditionally, the birthday party starts with the cake figure being decapitated 
or dismembered while all the children scream. Holy, hey, hey, whoa, hey, whoa, dark turn, whoa, hey, 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 okay. And so, and boy, the, and you know what? Right before, I'm going to send you the picture on Wikipedia all right, as go. I'm doing the intro to the show. Okay, I Ready? get a re- live reaction here as yeah. you start. Welcome to Segment City, everybody. This is a podcast so in which waiting. Theo and I. So wait, there it is. No, no, <laughs> no. Have segments each week. No. And, and you just got a sneak preview. Listen, listen, yeah, I, I, from, I haven't zoomed in yet, but there's some text on his chest. And oh, I'm pretty yeah. sure it says I paid for my crimes. Let me zoom in. No, it's, it's a name that's It doesn't Alfred zoom Ford. in. So as far as I know, it says I paid for my crimes. It says Alfred Furor. So I think it's a name. <laughs> I think it's a person's name. But I don't this, believe that. This is a podcast in which Theo and I present segments each week. We dumpster dive our way through the internet. You already got a, a little sneak preview of a segment. Oh my god. I, I'm Will Kane, and I'm just a little kangerbond. And I'm Theo Sabakas, and I wish you'd cut off my head after seeing this, alright? <laughs> well, you know what? That That is just... I love little pastries like that. Who doesn't? Come on. Theo, have we talked about whether we're cake or pie boys? Hmm. Well, it's it's fertile ground. If we have already, it's worth retreading. Yeah, I, I'm going to also offer cookie or brownie. Okay, I have to choose one of each. Pie guy. Ooh, okay. Brownie fella. Ooh. Yeah, I'm gonna take. I think gonna I'm, take that road. I'm gonna go pie guy. Uh huh. Cookie fella. Cookie monster. Like we got a classic yeah, cookie monster. Like- <laughs> All right. Cookies. Yeah, oh, there it is. I I don't unleash the beast. <laughs> hundred and fifty-two episodes. <laughs> you figure out the Oh man, we could have had monster. this energy for hundred and fifty-one other episodes. Oh. And bring it out now. Come on. <laughs> yes, I am the I am the celebrity guest. Every episode. Well, this is the of definition our... of don't hide your light under a bushel. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you gotta find the fun. You gotta find the. You gotta find it. And, and sometimes the last are in you because you are cookie you are monster. cookie monster. Yeah. What what a waste of cookies that puppet is. What are you talking about? <laughs> he eats a. Are those fake ass? You're telling me no no no. Hold on. That's just basically mm-hmm. it's basically just a commercial for cookies. So every time you see yeah. Cookie Monster demolish a cookie, you think to yourself, he didn't even eat it. I wish I had that cookie. You know what? He I'm gonna get up off of my butt every time. I'm gonna get up off of my butt and I'm gonna go and get myself a cookie. And so boom, more cookies in the world. I think this is only a positive thing. You would have been great in the 80s as a capitalist <laughs> man. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> my new campaign. All right. My new campaign. Uh-huh. See a cookie, eat a cookie. All right. That's all you got to do. You see a cookie, <laughs> eat a cookie. A mental, we got to associate seeing a cookie with eating a cookie in people's minds. And that's our campaign. Zing. You eat a cookie, you get one cookie point. Ten cookie points, I'm and what you get from to, that is a cookie no, buck. Cookie point. Ten cookie bucks, and what you get for that is a free T-shirt, and it says "See a cookie, eat a cookie" on it. That's a <laughs> business plan. Come on, you actually you did you've learned things because you just kept on talking, you kept on going past, and I was just like, I can't grab on at any point to to really, and so that got me kind of going with you to the point where I was like only reacting to the last thing you said, which was a T-shirt. It wants a T-shirt. Like, <laughs> it's, it's a cookie, eat a cookie. Ah, see, we wear that. that. Immediate flaw that I've thought of. Uh huh. 
I've seen people in cookie mascot outfits. Mm-hmm. Are you wanting violence on those people? As a bunch of people go, see a cookie, eat a cookie. <laughs> and they go, he goes, oh, oh, no, no, what's no. A, what's a good ad campaign without a, without a nice lawsuit that goes hand in hand? Come on, <laughs> that's just business winning right there. That's the 80s capitalist We've way, got to delight boy. our fans. Come on. There we go. And you know what will really delight our fans? What's that? Our next segment. That's right. It sure will. We didn't really have a cookie or a pie. We were kind of in, in concert with cake and pie. And like the cookie versus brownie. I'm, I'm, not, not, I'm, not, mad about, I'm <laughs> not mad about cookie versus brownie. I was on the fence there. I can see both sides of it. Brownie is a much narrower lane than cookie, though. Cookie is a diaspora. It, that's what I was thinking about. And, yeah. and brownie is sort of just. But see, the thing is, a perfect brownie, that's hard to beat. That's hard to beat. That's true. That is a nice gooey brownie. Oof. Is Sheesh. but that's like the, the creme de la creme. It is. It is. I feel like a, a good cookie. I think is better than a dry. I feel like a lot of brownies are dry. I would rather. Also. I would rather punch your grandmother than <laughs> in the <laughs> grave. <laughs> you're going into the casket and you're just. Well, I, I almost said my grandmother, but then I said, no, that's not true. So <laughs> you I'll say your grandmother. Son of a bitch. De- desecrating her memory. I, I wasn't willing to inflict that pain on my own family, but your family, sure, they're up for grabs. <laughs> You fucker. Oh, it's okay. She's she can't That's really. Okay, no. She's not, you you defended her for five seconds. Oh, yeah, she was, well, you know what? Oh no. She oh would, my god. She would probably get a little bit of a chuckle, but then she'd get serious and be like, but don't actually No, but don't actually. Don't actually do that. Yeah. <laughs> My point God. being, I do not want to eat a dry brownie. I would, I'd rather do bad <laughs> things than eat a dry brownie. Yeah, okay. I, I agree. You know what? I hope you get a soupy brownie. That That's would, what I, I would love that. That's I what I want. on your grandma. Yes. I would love Damn that. Damn it. You know what? That's just that's just mix. That's the, the <laughs> I would mix in the bowl that you want to lick that. Yeah, you just of want course. brownie batter. Uh, anyway, on to your next segment. I want Speaking uh, of yeah. batter... Ooh, sort of, okay. maybe. Here's a coming <laughs> okay. to us for our first segment, as is our norm. Thank you to the takeout for our first uh, for our first segment of the day. Here's okay. an episode. Uh, sorry, an article entitled. Okay, fine. Here's what Hidden Valley Ranch ice cream tastes like. <laughs> <laughs> Have we? I feel like we talked about we it. talked about it, it on the horizon. It is now uh, arrived. It is okay. here. It is upon us. <laughs> The dawn of the like Hidden it's Valley Godzilla Sun. Yes. in the ocean marching up. <laughs> As Godzilla has, is attacking the Hidden Valley, it is wreaking havoc around this region. Cursed knowledge turning into a H.P. Lovecraft character where it's just mm. like, I've looked into the hidden depths of the Hidden Valley. And do you know what I found? It's, it tastes garlicky. <laughs> it tastes kind of... Um, um, Creamy, kind of gross. Yeah. Is it, oh, I, mm, okay. Let, I want to hear what. So I here's, hear out. here's how the uh, here's the article starts. You're not mm. imagining things. Food PR stunts have steadily been getting wilder over the past few years. Uh huh. My office desk is currently cluttered with just a small sample of what I've accumulated, incu- including Mountain Dew Baja <laughs> Blast hot sauce, Velveeta <laughs> cheese scented nail polish, and Ugh. Arby's curly fry flavored vodka, among other what? bizarre limited time offerings. 
We're living in an age of chaotic consumer goods. <laughs> I yeah. love that. Ooh, that's so like so cool. chaotic consumer goods. Ooh, <sighs> so much. I love that energy. And you know what I love even more? Mm. Reading chaotic consumer reviews. Yes. So good. <laughs> so good. We need this. We need to shine the light on these. Uh, and one brand that has consistently embraced the chaos is Van Leeuwen Ice Cream, which has released a collaboration with Hidden Valley Ranch, which you mm -hmm. might know if you're a serial listener to this to this podcast, you know. Or an American who doesn't like the taste of salad. Yeah. Just, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, Will. Now you've implanted in my brain the image of someone getting the, some salad greens and scooping ice cream onto it. This <laughs> Hidden Valley Ranch ice cream because they think Ew. that's the proper technique. It'll melt eventually, oh, but it's <laughs> not so good. Not before I'm done with it. <laughs> <laughs> Starting today, March 20th, the new Hidden Valley Ranch ice cream is currently available in Walmart locations across the country. It's part of a limited time lineup that also includes decidedly more normal flavors, including blood orange, chocolate chip, sweet maple cornbread, carrot okay. cake, honey graham cracker, limoncello cake, and strawberry shortcake. All sound good. The internet's yeah. reaction to this flavor announcement are mostly what you'd expect. Eater responded with exasperation. Pop Sugar demonstrated some curiosity, and social media users have expressed revulsion of some sort. <laughs> so, of some sort. What would, does the Hidden Valley Ranch sort. ice cream taste like? That's what we're here to find out. Mm -hmm. uh, Van Leeuwen sent the takeout a sample of the Hidden Valley Ranch ice cream, and I can't say this is the most excited we've ever been to conduct a taste test. <laughs> <laughs> I I love all the wording so far that of just like people kind of just um how do we kind of approach this? Uh, we may have been too bold getting into this space. How do we tactfully back how out? Do we, how do we get out of here? Also, by the way, the, you did like kind of breeze through the flavors, but I did hear cornbread. Yeah, cornbread. <laughs> Is there little pieces of corn? Sweet maple in cornbread. <laughs> I, I, it is oh, a sweet nice. treat, but I could, I don't know. It's like a little bit, I don't know why I think graham crackers is better. Maybe I, I think it's like s'mores. I don't know I if this is already a thing, but this is like something, like something I thought of the other day. Ice, uh, uh, popcorn, popcorn ice cream. Is that a thing already? You got popcorn little, ice cream. you've got butter flavored ice cream with, yeah, with some like little crunchy popcorn bits in immediately it. Is that i'm gonna say that this is like a tech tree in an rts of ice cream that uh -huh. i don't want us to research okay all right we'll do no further hey listeners <laughs> no. write into us if that exists just societally i don't think plus i don't i think it would get it would last societally you, speaking societally from speaking. a large macro point of view it just shouldn't <laughs> exist we could get into the, the ice cream economics all we want. Ma <laughs> macro, micro. I love every type of amount of ice cream, whether it is macro or micro. From the biggest <sighs> scoop to the smallest future of ice cream pebble. To to the smallest little sample spoon that you yes. take home so that you can eat your ice cream a little molecule Dipping at dots a time. Pedal. That's all whatever you want however previous van lewin stunt flavors have pleasantly surprised us in the past the craft mac and cheese collab was actually pretty darn good so i tried mm. to go in with an open mind knowing that van lewin <laughs> thinks hard about these flavors and treats them with care the hidden valley ranch ice cream looks like a regular pint of vanilla bean which is to say it's white with little black flecks in it but the smell yeah. that immediately starts wafting up from the circus, the circus no the surface <laughs> is one of savory garlic and onion yeah. And it isn't subtle. <laughs> yeah, it's not. <laughs> Unlike a fine wine, I don't know what you expected. It's not subtle. 
in case you've forgotten, ranch dressing is primarily made from a combination of buttermilk, sugar, salt, egg yolk, garlic, onion, and vinegar. And wow, that first spoonful of ice cream really tugs you in multiple directions. <laughs> it offers an initial hit of smooth, sweet vanilla with a silky okay. texture. But the more the ice cream warms up in your mouth, the more oh, no. those ranchy herbs and spices start to bloom. <laughs> hey, hey, everybody. Yes. Hey, it's a party. I know I'm waking up at 2 p.m., but I'm ready to party. It's me, <laughs> the flavor of garlic and onion. I like that their target market is the fucking degenerate that just pounds ranch <laughs> by the bottle with nothing else. That wouldn't be put on, like, because I imagine I would have a similar reaction where I go, ooh, this is nice and ooh. ooh. Uh, no, oh no like i do like that they were trying to repair like the most neutral wording of pulled in different Multiple directions right, yeah they tried to be diplomatic guy, yeah <laughs> <laughs> because i don't think that's a great review unless it's like not for an ice cream <laughs> for this <laughs> this moment was a fork in the road for our team of taste testers I watched managing editor Marnie Schur visibly wince as the ranch flavor kicked in. Staff writer Angela Pagan continued to enjoy the vanilla ice cream aspects, and she didn't happen to notice the ranch elements nearly as much. Other coworkers mm. politely refused to try it altogether. This raises the question, no, Will, you. would you try it? A spoonful. Of course. I How would. could you not? Come on. It's a golden opportunity. It is. Yeah. You, you can't I, start. You can't start the podcast with an Oompa Loompa segment and then not be willing to try the wild foods. Come on! I do have a a fun little uh, food personal story that I, I will short. It's a short one, so maybe after this. Okay, okay, okay. We're 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 nearing. We're we've got just a couple paragraphs. Here we go. Yeah. As for me, my mouth was frankly just confused. Here we had a premium <laughs> vanilla ice cream, but one that left behind a tangy garlic and onion aftertaste that just mm. wouldn't quit. It wasn't bad per se, it was just baffling. The ice cream's quality is unquestionable, but the lingering aftertaste made me wonder just what the fuck I'd put in my mouth. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> what it's, a interesting review. Yeah. It's, it only seemed natural to pair the ice cream with something salty, so I dug around the office snack mm. stash and fished out some plain potato mm. chips. Honestly, this wasn't a terrible combination. People like the combination of salty with dairy. Just ask all those folks who love to dip their Wendy's fries into the Frosty. That's something people okay, do. Yeah. Similarly, a bite of tangy ranch, sweet ice cream, and savory fried potatoes seemed to work just fine. But was it great? My feelings were still quite mixed. I'm not much of a stoner, so I couldn't see myself crushing <laughs> a pint of this stuff on a random munchy bender. A friend suggested it be a good chaser to an extremely hot buffalo wings. Oh, that's something. Yeah, or as a topper to chicken fried steak, both of which are practical and creative ideas for using a pint. It that's the use for it. Those are the those are the very niche uses for this very specific ice cream. Mm -hmm. Nothing else. Exactly. <laughs> Nothing else. I would also say pretzels would probably be okay, but at that point, we're just kind of getting to un bad onion dip. Yeah. What do we like? Am I supposed to take my little mini carrots and dip it into this? What are we doing? Huh? Is yeah. that because then you would be confused by the vanilla? You'd just be like, ah, 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 and then you get to the flavor that you're looking for. So I don't think that I'm going to venture out to Walmart. It's not worth it. I No. Nothing is worth yeah. a trip to Walmart in my mind, but, <laughs> well, <laughs> but especially not this product. Though I would try it if somebody had it on hand. I'll, give, I'll go that far. You don't want to go? I told you about trying lobster ice cream. I'm pretty sure I've talked yeah, about this. Yeah, you did. The... Oh, no, uh, yeah, you I talked, talked about, about it. it. Okay, good. <laughs> you got to try yeah. it. It's I a remember. while. What in the, I'd watched uh, 
watched Blazing Saddles for the first time this weekend, and what in the <gasps> wide world of sports is just going on here? <laughs> it's a great movie. That's a that is like number one on lists of people's movies that it's like you couldn't make this today you couldn't make it's it like, today you kind of couldn't not. because it's a lot of the jokes are based on the fact that he's just a black sheriff yep. and like how fucking racist they are i just love like, the exclamations like something happens and he's like well raise my rent <laughs> like, what a fun saying <laughs> <There's> a- <laughs> these are people of the land they're yes. simple farming folk you know Morons. Morons. <laughs> just cracks. Apparently that wasn't scripted. Crap. He was just yeah. like, absolutely. Oh, great, movie. great movie. Anyway, go and listen to Blazing Saddles while eating ice cream, ranch yeah. ice cream. Ugh. Did but you want to say your anecdote? Yeah, quick sidebar. Because you brought up like, you got to try it once. I did not try it once at my friend's place when we we're ordering pizzas from a weird like mm-hmm. pizzeria around. And we saw shrimp scampi pizza. Huh. And guess what? Bunch of idiots bought that as no, like, <laughs> no, no, don't say you, it's it's not good if you have to feed a group. You, don't do that. That's a so bad was, move. We, no, we we had enough. It was like get a free if you get three pizzas, you get a cheese pizza for free or like whatever. Small okay, cheese all right. Pizza. So you got the so cheese we on like, the back. Okay, we got okay, a cheese. Right, right, right. Um, the other three people with me all had a slice mm-hmm. of the sh- shrimp scampi. All gave it. Terrible reviews. Yeah. I was already having an upset tummy, so I was saying, no, thank you. No, no, no. That was going to be my thing. Do, do you trust a pizzeria's shrimp selection? I would say no. No. Uh, it was overdone shrimp, like rubbery shrimp. Yep. Uh, they put lemon or something on it. Okay. And it kind of just curdled it. Yeah, it feels <laughs> like they, they sounds said it real bad. kind of curdled. Yeah. And they're like... Hey, so this is terrible. Like, Ugh. and then it was also soggy. Like, it was the worst. So whenever you oh, use no. your PSA, you got to try something once. <laughs> and that's the exception. Is <laughs> nasty, wet shrimp scampi that's spoiled. Oh no, those those textures sound pretty rough. Yeah, I, even the like, yeah, it, and it was like a white sauce or no sauce. I forget. Oof. I think it had garlic sauce. Actually, that would make sense for shrimp scampi, <laughs> but. Gross, um, gross, gross. Anyway, I'd like to move on to your next segment, please. Let's get out of here. Evacuate <sighs> me out of here. Here's the problem, Theo. No, don't do this to me. We're still in the food zone. No, we're gonna kind of. <laughs> but here's the thing. Maybe this would go well with a uh, ice cream that was made of ranch. I don't know. Okay. And I can't believe that you didn't do this as your segment. I was worried. But this is from Al, Jaze- Al Jazeera. Uh, and it is an article from the 29th of March, 2023. Giant meatball from <laughs> extinct man- mammoth DNA unveiled by food firm. Amazing. Come on. This is what Jurassic Park has always been about. The dino mm-hmm. misbehaves. You get to shoot it. You get to eat it. Come on, they dino. A, Fucking try me, dino. They <laughs> have a picture of this mammoth meatball. And it is ma- like DNA, mammoth meat. Is what they say. Not mammoth size, um, mammoth meat. Yeah, and it, I mean, it is also a big meatball. Meatball. A giant meatball made from flesh cultivated from the DNA of an extinct woolly mammoth has been unveiled in at Nemo, a science museum <laughs> in the Netherlands. <laughs> wait, hold on, hold on. Wait. Okay, so wait. There are two yeah. things that tip me off to something odd about this situation. The first one yeah. is the use of the word, word unveiled, and it's only <laughs> strengthened by the fact that this happened at a science museum. This makes yeah. me think that 
<laughs> they opened up their 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 entranceway and they ushered the people in and underneath a, a velvet blanket was a large shaped object and they said what have we got here you'll never believe your eyes Theo. behold the giant Theo. meatball and they pulled the curtain <laughs> off and it's e a giant Theo. You're, I mean, the display, I don't think they have they had a curtain, but, um, oh no, this is actually a better picture. And this is also a worse looking meatball. So I'm just sending you two pictures. This is a better picture of a worse looking, ooh! Yeah, oh, it's a meatball. It not? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. So the other one didn't go through well, but, uh, let me try it They really again. tried to make this look like a foodie's dream meatball here with the fog and the. Yeah, Unveil. so they, they had an unveiling. Oh, they maybe this is the guy who made it. Who knows? I'm going to send you. Uh, oh, no, it's not. Why is it not sending properly? Anyway, doesn't matter because this is an audio podcast and they aren't seeing the picture of the meatball. Right. You can go and see the pictures of the meatball. I, They're, it's pretty Listeners, I'm delighted it, to tell you that it looks a lot like a meatball. <laughs> it's, it is meatball You're not missing shit. much. <laughs> it is goopier in other pictures. The ones I sent you, it kind of looks like a big oh. ball of shit. <laughs> so, I, I mean, that's, that's pretty par for the course that's for a meatball. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so the meatball was created by Australian cultured meat company Vow, which said it was getting people talking about cultured meat, calling it a more sustainable alternative to real meat. Quote, we wanted to create something that was totally different from anything you could get now. Vow co-creator Tim uh, Noka Smith uh, told Reuters News Agency on Tuesday, <laughs> adding that an additional reason for choosing mammoth is that scientists believe that the animal's extinction, extinction was caused by climate change. Which kind of, huh. I'm, okay. Okay, all right. I mean, yeah, true. Okay. Quote, we face a similar fate if we don't do things differently. <laughs> No, this is, listen, <laughs> no we're, Smith says we're on we're, <laughs> we're we're just on, like the woolly mammoths. We're yeah. on a we're on a train that's headed directly to hell. And all he's saying is in first class we're now offering an extinct animal. That's all he's <laughs> saying. We're <laughs> already of. on the road to hell. So what does it matter? Eat an extinct animal. <laughs> he's trying to do his best because he's trying to it's like plant meat, is there trying and like cultured meat where you can grow it a little bit faster. Um, so <laughs> the meatball was made of sheep cells, which is interesting, uh, inserted with a singular mammoth gene called myoglobin. Uh, when it comes, quote, when it comes to meat, myoglobin or myoglobin is responsible for the aroma, the color and the taste. Okay. James Ryle, Vow's chief scientific officer explained, which I do love that they have just like a, a. I like, imagine a whaling Utani, like from Aliens scientist, who's just like, <laughs> ah, yes, it will create, create the perfect aroma of mammoth meat. Since the mammoth's DNA sequence obtained by Vow had a few gaps, African elephant DNA was inserted to complete it. Quote, much like they do in the movie Jurassic Park, Ryle said, uh -huh. stressing the big difference is that they were not creating actual animals. I love that he immediately- <laughs> I like that because, you know, some people might think that they grow <laughs> the whole animal. Like anytime anyone mentions AI and people go, Skynet, have you ever seen the movie? Have you ever seen Skynet. The mo Come on. But he has to get a fr in front of it being like, I know it's like Jurassic Park, okay? It's, I get but it. we're making a meatball of it. Everybody <laughs> so always asks me. I say I, I work on genetic cloning of extinct animals, and they say like Jurassic Park. I get it. Okay. Mm. Yes. Like and, Jurassic and Park. And by the way, in case you were worried, while creating the cultured meat usually means the blood of a dead calf. Uh, Val used an alternative 
meaning no animals were killed in the making of the mammoth meatball. In case you were worried. I just, they got to. That there was meat in this meatball. They got to pick a lane here. Am I, am I being an absolute apex predator and, and eating an extinct mega beast? Mm. Or am I just, just some guy who's eating a lab grown piece of meat? Yeah. Am I a deer that has eaten some nice meat in the shape of, or plants in the shape of meat? Now, Will, all I got to say here is. Haven't we sequenced the DNA of the very first human being? Like, Don't you see? <laughs> I'm just going to put Immediately go to ancestors. Listen, They're, if it's on the table, who's asking the questions, all right? You're the person who is at the like anthropology museum and that is just like, as you can see, these are smaller primate uh, ancestors. They were actually hunted by great birds and other beasts. And you're just like, so that must mean they're fucking tasty, right? <laughs> they must have been eating them for a reason. You huh? know, well, when they invite me to the wine and cheese gala at the at the, <laughs> the Natural History Museum, and they've made the scientific breakthrough, and you can go around and look at the extinct animals, and in front of each one, there's a little plate, and you can taste each one as you're looking at it. I'm not inviting you because that sounds like the coolest shit ever. And I would 100% go and eat all of you them. You are. And now your 80s evil businessman <laughs> transformation is, is complete because that is the most like if Jeff, Jeff Bezos said that to me, I would go. Yes. I, I, very I good, would, Jeff. Very good. Okay. Jeff. Now, here's the thing, Theo. Uh-huh. I'm going to we're going to play. What does this meatball smell like? They oh. say it's a very specific meat that it smells like, which really threw me off when I was reading this article. Huh. What animal, what specific meat of an animal do they say that it, the this mammoth meatball has the aroma of? Now, you said it was a sheep, but they spliced in the cell. Is it lamb? Mm-hmm. I'm going lamb. No. No. Crocodile. Hey, what? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey, what? I, I, don't I, think I, I don't think I could pick Croc out of a lineup of smells. That's that's number one. How the yeah. fuck did you clock this from the three-point line? You're did just they, like, you're fucking like, they, that's Gator. Did right they there. happen to be cooking it up in in Florida? And someone's like, you cooking oh, Gator? Is that Gator? Yeah, like, <laughs> what you cook there? Oh, well, Jeb knows his Gator. Yeah. You, you, you would know. <laughs> they do kind of offer an explanation, but it's they don't. It's kind of an explanation. Quote: It's protein. Uh, its protein is literally four thousand years old. We haven't seen it in a very long time. That means we want to put it through rigorous tests. Something that we would do on any product we would bring to the market. Uh, is this <laughs> Wait, implying so that things just tasted? No one, no one can eat it. That gators have just maintained their taste, their flavor profile for 4,000 years. Wow. And like everything used to <laughs> taste like gators back then. Is that what they're kind of implying? <laughs> is that implying that all of the meats of today sort of taste the same to a gator? They're like, yeah, this is all oh. new. This is all new age stuff. This is remixed. I, pre- yeah, this I, is- I prefer the old days. Food used to be good way back when. Do you think they eat a chicken and they go, I remember when this is a dinosaur. And that was, those are the days. This, this really takes me back. <laughs> this takes me back to a time that I probably wasn't alive for. <laughs> uh, cultured meat is, as food is not yet regulated in the European Union. Thanks for that little tidbit. Uh, huh. Meat consumption. This is also another weird tidbit that I don't even know that they just throw in. Liter- Sometimes articles do this where they just throw in 
a random out of left field fact that it's yeah. like you're like this is connected but uh-huh. where the fuck are you getting this information <laughs> uh meat consumption is projected to increase more than 70 percent by 2050 and scientists have increasingly been turning to alternatives such as plant-based meats and lab-grown meat i mean that's uh, that is a good thing that we're doing that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how did they land on 70 percent I feel I, like seventy percent. It feels like by twenty fifty. That's like such that's a, a lot of, specific a lot. thing to say. Yeah. But anyway, I don't know how you hope, project that out. I must be the. I don't know. The Maybe o- as countries become more developed, they eat more meat, and so they're just projecting that more countries become more developed. That's my guess. Maybe I would. Eat, by the way, to end this, the the only question you can ask. And I already know the year answer because you kind of went on a little uh, tirade about how you just about eat 80, Hey, 80s businessman here. Yeah. Wouldn't you like to eat your aunt just to see? You never know. You, would you eat the mammoth meatball? Not the whole big one, but like if somebody offered you a <laughs> the single The whole meatball. big one? <laughs> just one? Like a little uh, a moose? Yeah, or maybe if you wanted a plate even of them. I already told you that I would go to the Natural History Museum tasting night. I would already do, I would sign up for that. Yes. You would do a little heist on, on your own and you would mission impossible, come down on a <laughs> rope and then like get it out of its little container. I would do go, the Indiana finally, Jones. Finally, my meatball. I would do the Indiana Jones. There'd be a, a meatball sitting on a pedestal and I'd have an identical meatball made of like made of beef and I'd swap it out. <laughs> the weight of the... I'd swap it out and stuff mine. it in my mouth. <laughs> Listen, you can have... A, I, I've had some weird meatballs. That's, that feels like a weird sentence, but I have. I, I went to Sweden, uh-huh. and we went on a hunt for Swedish meatballs, okay. which is weirdly hard to get in Sweden. Um, but we found a specialty place, and they had different types of meatballs, including, which we ended up getting, uh, boar and deer. Mm-hmm. Deer was delicious. It was very, it was like, it was just tasty like i don't know everything loves to eat deer so <laughs> it makes sense and mm-hmm. boar was a little bit gamey and i it tasted mm. that way yeah but, speaking anyway. of i have one tiny anecdote to add to that when i mm-hmm. was in norway i went to this little guy at a farmer's market that was selling different cured meats and one oh, of the cured can. meats he was selling was whale uh-huh. and he said would you like to try some and i said Ooh. and i said what type of whale is it and he looked at me like I was a, a moron and said, I don't know. And I said, how do you not know? That's a very important detail. You're the man no, selling. Yeah, <laughs> you're selling the whale. <laughs> he, he cannot feign. You can't just say, this is fish. What do you mean? What do you mean is haddock? No, no, no. He's fish. Seems like, like you a can't pretty important detail. Yeah. And you did, you're just like, nah. Well, I still ate it. <laughs> classic theo that's classic, the business baby that's me. Classic. i've i've i went to iceland and i had fermented shark twice Ooh, gross pretty okay oh <laughs> it is gross but hopefully not as gross as your next segment uh, i love that transition <laughs> here will thank is you it, for that is it a good one i have uh i have an in the news archive for you this is in the news mm. but it was news back in Back in the old days of 2007, the old times, I'm calling. Going back in time. Remember the time when the black-eyed peas were all that? That's oh. what we're going back to. Oh, fuck yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> black-eyed peas, love it. All right, so I've got a collection here, uh, full coverage of this story. First a news article from the time, then a Wikipedia historian about it. 
And then another follow-up news story to really bring it all together. So this is initially from Reuters. And the news article goes like this. The Netherlands, in the Netherlands, Rotterdam, the Netherlands, this is where this takes place. Was it love that drove Boquito, the gorilla, to leap from his enclosure (laughs) and seize a woman visiting the Rotterdam Zoo? What led this gorilla (laughs) to such extreme lengths? (laughs) How could this gorilla do something so brave, yet so wrong? (laughs) (laughs) The gorilla's writing his own autobiography (laughs) like it's penned by the gorilla. By candlelight, I I write to you that the gorilla was innocent of all charges. The 11-year-old silverback has become a national celebrity since he leapt a 13-foot moat surrounding his pen, his pen and ran amok in the zoo restaurant amid panicking visitors. He leapt over a 13-foot moat. That's that's some so Winston scary. stuff, dude. Yeah, Come that is, on. that's video game stuff. That's crazy. The uh the 397 pound Poquito seriously injured a woman who later emerged uh, has visited the ape almost every day since his arrival at the zoo a year and a half ago, a fact which has left the country guessing the motive behind his attack. Some uh-huh. primatologists, biologists, and philosophers who have all featured heavily in the Dutch media said the gorilla could be in love with the woman and frustrated by seeing her every day without being able to make her his own. What? Oh wow! This, so it's like a—that's a weird romance novel. <laughs> <laughs> here's here's a sharp left turn for you. Women uh-huh. can easily develop an emotional tie to big apes as they are the perfect macho with their rippling no. <laughs> muscles and masculine gait. Some academics have suggested. Hey, are it's, these? It's me, the perfect macho. <laughs> <laughs> these are some weak-armed, pale Dutch scientists that are just like, as you can see, the ladies love the alpha male gorilla, and they don't like going on dates with Dieter. <laughs> oh. oh no! Oh come on! But the zoo's director has dismissed these romantic notions. Quote. He didn't fall in love with with her because of <laughs> because gorillas don't fall in love. That is a ridiculous and inappropriate translation of human behavior to ape. Zoo director Ton, Ton Dorenstein oh, told yeah, Reuters on too. Tuesday, but I would not rule out that he wanted to integrate her into his group. His movement was 100% directed at this lady. Dutch media wire. <laughs> this lady, this she l- must be old. That bag of chips. <laughs> she kept slapping her butt at the gorilla. He was all about it. <laughs> and she kept just, <laughs> hey, buddy, I'm part of your gang now. <laughs> Dutch media widely reported that the woman misunderstood what she w- she perceived as a smile from the gorilla. Experts suggest she was more he was more likely to have been baring his teeth as a threat. In oh, a po- yeah. in a poll published by some days after the accident, some 33% of those surveyed said the victim was responsible. <laughs> let, let me just repeat that. 33 one third of one those third surveyed of said that the victim was responsible for the gorilla jumping out of its 13-foot pit enclosure and attacking this woman. It's yeah. <laughs> hey if we don't live in a victim blame culture, I don't know yeah. <laughs> what is happening. 
did did the did, was there a comment section and did in that comment section did people ask what was she wearing what was she possibly wearing <laughs> oh, that no. would was she wearing a silver cape maybe the, the gorilla thought she was a silver back dearest diary i am the perfect macho and how could i resist <laughs> I was over the moat in a mere bound, and I was coming after that lady specifically. <laughs> this bitch kept on coming at me, and so I had to come back at her. You know how it is. <laughs> it says about twenty five percent blamed the zoo, so that leaves a solid. Yeah, no, I, that, that leaves a solid forty percent who are like, I don't know what happened. I can't say. Well, you know, maybe wait, it's the, the gorilla. Maybe it's the zoo. I don't know. Was the rest of them like? I feel like the <laughs> the zoo might be at a little bit of fault. It's a what? This is a weird mix, right? Like yeah, it's a pretty is, weird mix. I'm gonna say visiting every day. Kind of. I'm I'm not not saying that she didn't have a weird like she kind of <laughs> propagated it. I don't know, but she also doesn't know gorilla behavior. Here's Ugh, a, here's a quote. Maybe it was the fault of the woman who stalked him, said zoo what? visitor Ron DeGraff, one of the crowd of 200 gawping at the gorillas. <laughs> hey, Ron, go home. Yeah, Please go home, Ron. It's a zoo. She technically is, like, allowed and should be attacked <laughs> by gorillas. Ugh. Dorenstein didn't re- rule out that there was a special relationship between the ape and the woman, as the gorilla was one uh, was, was hand-reared in Ber- Berlin and has a strong bond with humans. She contacted with him, he responded to her, and she left him every time, said Dorenstein. A website has, uh, a website already offers Boquito fashion line, including t-shirts with a, with a picture of a gorilla face next to the slogan, I'm sure I know this woman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I know this woman. Now, hold on. Now, let me be clear. I am sure I know this woman. Now, Theo, this has every element that I like of a story. <laughs> Multiple different conflicting viewpoints, bi- different actors, different motives, and also merchandising. <laughs> merchandising. <laughs> the fact that the memes already started not just merchandising, but like comedy merchandising <laughs> for like a kind of tragic event is like, <laughs> it's always wild. Oh no. All right. Oh. So I'm going to take you over to the Wikipedia story for, for Boquito the gorilla. So Boquito mm-hmm. born, 14, born in the 14th of March, 1996 is a, is a male Western gorilla born in captivity currently living mm-hmm. in the Durgard Zoo in Rotterdam in the Netherlands. He mm. became the subject of considerable media coverage after breaking out of his enclosure on the 18th of May 2007, abducting a female visitor and severely injuring her. Bokito was born in blah, 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 in Berlin, Germany, and was abandoned by his mother at birth. Oh, poor, poor oh. buddy. He was then raised by human attendants. To avoid the risk of in- inbreeding, he was transferred to Rotterdam in the August of 2005, where he mauled where the mauling incident later took place. Um, so, hmm. incidents. In mid-2004, Bokito escaped from his enclosure in the Berlin in Berlin and climbed its three-meter-high wall. He climbed a ten-foot wall and was escorted back to his enclosure without further incident. Excuse me, sir, you're not supposed to be <laughs> over here. Sorry, sir, can I escort you out of here, oh, please? You caught me. You caught me. <laughs> I was... Oh. Just trying to get Sorry, a smoke, I was just you looking know. for a bathroom. Uh, yeah. Is that around here somewhere? <laughs> is that you? <laughs> oh, you got me. On the 18th of May, to the, I'm going to warn you right now. Uh-huh. The mauling 
It's a gorilla mauling a person. If you don't want to hear the details of that, I'm going to briefly go over them, so skip ahead. Uh, on the 18th of May, 2007, Boquito responded to children throwing rocks at him by jumping over the water-filled ditch that separated his enclosure in the Rotterdam f uh, from the public and violently attacked a woman, dragging her around for tens of meters and inflicting bone fractures, as well as more than a hundred bite wounds. He Ooh. subsequently entered a nearby restaurant, causing panic among the visitors. During this encounter, three more people were injured as a result of the panic. Boquito was eventually sedated with a tranquilizer gun and placed uh, back in his cage. The woman who was attacked had been a regular visitor to the Great Apes enclosure, visiting an average of four times per week. She had a habit of touching glass that separated the public from the gorillas while making eye contact with Boquito and smiling at him. These are all no-nos. These are, yeah, all those are all great all ape no-dos. Um, yeah. Although smiling is often associated with submissive or non-aggressive behavior in gorillas, eye contact is a practice that is discouraged by primatologists as apes are likely to interpret eye contact as a challenge or a form of ag aggressive display. Zoo employees had previously warned her against doing this, but she continued claiming the special bond with him. Uh, okay, in, an interview, in an interview with, an, <laughs> with De, De Telegraph, she said, when I smile at him, he smiles back. Oof. People, she, she doesn't deserve to be mauled because she's a moron. No, but I, I think it's it, ultimately like the the zoo employees have, warned, have to really have to really impress upon her that this is not a good idea. Of course, yeah, no one expects the ape to get out, but but still wild. I did expect kind of like mental illness on her part because this is not like a a normal. Maybe it is a normal person. Maybe I do have a higher expectation for people's intelligence. <laughs> but like, if come on, like you, oh, I'm the friend of the gorilla. This lion's really nice. It keeps licking me, and it keeps on <laughs> giving me little bites. Like it's little like my cat. I, I, like, I, like people are sometimes fucking morons. I, I I understand that when it comes to animals, especially. But like, come on, she's like paying money to go <laughs> here oh. and visit him. So, final follow-up article from NBC News mm. from, from back from 2007. A 57-year-old Dutch woman who was attacked by a 400-pound gorilla at the Rotterdam Zoo said the ape is, was still her favorite even though she felt she was going to die when he bit her. Quote, oh my God. I go to the zoo almost every day with my husband and we're always going to see Boquito. I even have pictures and videos from Berlin when he was only four months old, the woman told Dutch Mass Circulation Daily Telegraph. He is and remains my darling. The paper quoted the woman She's as saying... She's fucking nuts. The woman She's saying <laughs> from her hospital bed where she is being treated for bite wounds and a broken arm and wrist. Oh, I don't... Ah, I don't know how, I guess you can't really blame the gorilla after that, but I feel like there'd be some PTSD. Yeah, I, I'm more, like, I, I don't blame the gorilla, because if I was in a fucking cage, then I would try to escape, like, yeah. if, especially if somebody's coming in mad, mad dogging you. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Fuck, dude. Four yeah, days a week. Like, oh, You'd okay, think that that person was up to something. 100%. Yeah. So, and she's just a fucking, ugh. The fact I, that it's no, this it's is just mental illness. Like I don't, I don't know, know what's how. happening. I can't. I can't diagnose any of this. I just thought it was a truly wild story. And then the follow up of yeah, he's still cool with me. He's, like, I like him pretty cool. <laughs> pretty, I like gorillas. I would still give him a big hug. He bit you a hundred times. A hundred yeah. times. You know, I can't. That's so many a times. Hundred times. I after fifty, you gotta just be like, 
How I'm many a, more, like, please? Am I halfway through? <laughs> That's so you're just biting I just your bit, finger right now. I bit ten times. And it took like four seconds, which means he was sitting there chomping you for 40 seconds. And, and it's Arr. not like he's got big gorilla teeth. It's yeah. not like he's taking little bites of her finger. She's like, he's like biting all yeah. over. She's like, ow, ow, ow. Like now, game. I it's am like sure I know this woman. I've seen her often. <laughs> Hold on a minute. I'm going to destroy her. Would you like to hear the worst transition? Or, or not the worst. It's actually a very fitting transition, but I feel like it's a little bit tasteless. Maybe. Sure, go for know. it. Maybe if she had this how-to, she wouldn't have gotten in this situation. Well, I'm not about this victim blaming. We've already been over this. (laughs) Or she wouldn't have been injured if she knew how to stay calm during a confrontation, according to an expert. (laughs) Could you imagine the gorilla jumps over the 13-foot pit and she's just like, she is perfectly calm. She's like, yes, Bokito. Let us talk. Please, let us commune. Hey, come into this little uh, conference room, and we'll have a little chat. You see, you've been mad-dogging me for the past 14 years. I don't know what to do about that. That's terrible. I could could see... You know what? That sounds like a you problem. Anyway, I'm bad at (laughs) solving confrontations. It sounds like you're saying it's not me, it's you. What? (laughs) What? I am. Um, So this, (laughs) this is from... Um, the website Pocket, or and this is a pocket-worthy thing, apparently. Um, this is by Aiden Wynn, which normally it says, um, like, I, I think this is from the website stylist, because if not, then this is insane that they just found a stylist that they okay. <laughs> <laughs> were like, what do you think? Uh, a psychologist explains why it's so hard to keep a handle on your emotions when the when your buttons are pressed pushed and what you can do to have more productive conversations i don't think i need a psychologist to tell me about what the psychology about when i get my butts and pushed i know i'm annoyed oh very interesting that you bring that up does it have to do with your mother <laughs> no you knew no. the buttons oh my god <laughs> if there's one thing most people can agree on it's that life lately has been stressful everyone's lives have been under have undergone massive change as a direct result of the coronavirus pandemic you know what oh most people just say the pandemic not a lot of people have the coronavirus and also have a link out of it i also forgot (laughs) that that. but that pre-pandemic there was actually no confrontation and no strife in the world i forgot yeah it was only about masks that people started to argue oh wow oh Um, wow and its ensuing restrictions, and perhaps none more so than the relationships between friends, family, and partners. Lockdowns have meant that some are seeing their loved ones more than they ever imagined they would. I'm going to say that that's always a weird complaint people have. Like, <laughs> I love her, she's my wife, but fuck, can she give me <laughs> two seconds? Shit. Like, <laughs> Oh my so, god, I never signed up for this, so oh my god. I have to see her more than three hours a day? Ugh, what oh, are you, I have what to go to drag. work. I don't have to go, but since people are working from home and few options for getting out of the house mean that they are riding out the year practically in the pockets of those they live with. Social this is, distancing. This is, this is this is a good this how-to is, because they're they're doing a whole intro about how you got to your situation of being annoyed. Uh, they don't say when this article is from. Actually, can I find? No, they don't say when this article is from. But I'm gonna take a wild guess and say that it's uh 2021, yep. maybe. 
Um, and that's maybe a good reason why they they created this article is <laughs> because people were a little bit mad back then. Um, social distancing, on the other hand, means that we're all unable to get too close to others. And I think people have at least a couple of loved ones that they haven't seen since restrictions kicked in in March. So, yeah, this is an early one. It hasn't been easy and emotions have been running high. But while anxiety, loneliness, sadness might be expected to creep in at a time like this, it's worth noting that other difficult emotions like irritability and <laughs> even anger could crop up too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks for that, Doc. How much will that be? Oh, $400? You, thanks, Doc. You know, it could get worse. You could be broke, depressed, bald, fat, ugly. Uh-huh. Um, you could also be uh, loveless, uh-huh. uh, tall, named Theo. Whoa, um, this is getting really specific. This is really, wow, a, this article is getting really specific. Irritability and wow. anger will crop up if you are. You know what's worse person. than all of that? Being in too close contact with the people that love you the most. Really tough. That's true. Big strike. Yeah, it is tough. But also, I want to <laughs> hang out with Paul. I don't want to hang out with my stupid wife. Come on. Uh, these aren't the easiest feelings to manage. Thank you for the understatement of the century <laughs> that anger is, is sometimes hard to manage. Because they are very often directed at others. So even though you might miss the people you can't see or understand that those you live with are going through the same things you are, it can be hard to get a handle on your frustration when they press your buttons. There's a reason for that, though. As Sarah Rosenthuler, a chartered psycholo- chartered psychologist, which I have no idea what a <laughs> chartered psychologist, on, a, oh, it means on the that Titanic? Nathan, like, it means that uh, Nathan Drake has been all over and char- mapped her whole office. It's, uh, it's, all, it's charted. It's all known territory. The author of How to Have Meaningful Conversations, Seven Strategies for Talking About What Matters, explains, quote, specific threats in a social situation affect our ability to interact productively. And boy, oh boy, that is a quote from a psychologist. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like interact productively. Thanks, Thank you. What does it mean to have the ability to interact interact productively? Do we interact it, productively, Theo? We or haven't been we, tr- productive in a single conversation in our whole lives, Will. I hate to tell you this. We have not monetized the podcast at this point. So technically, <laughs> this is not a great <laughs> productive use of our time. I mean, um, I guess but, that's one one metric. I feel enriched yeah, like, by friendship, but I guess I'll just go cry because <laughs> I don't have any money. Hey, she says these threats, like the threat that you just gave me, that <laughs> to uh-huh. leave me. Uh, for example, when you feel someone is insulting you or leaving you out. Oh! S- simulate similar brain networks to those how. Ha- that are triggered when your primary survival needs are threatened. Listen, you know, being when, from when somebody says you can't come to my birthday party, it's the same <laughs> as when you're chased by a tiger. Like it's the exact listen, fucking same. When someone says, "Listen, Tommy, you're just too smelly. You can't come around my birthday anymore." It's the <laughs> same thing as the mammoth bearing down on you. All right, it's the same hey, thing. Listen, you just smell like straight up ass. You, str- <laughs> you smell like sewage. And we hate your guts. It's like the scientist injected you with the molecule that just smells like dookie. <laughs> and we just, I don't know what happened. <laughs> and you know what? And he starts he starts running away, just flight or flight. Just start, <laughs> oh, good. Thank you. Thank you for that. We actually wanted that. You know that. what they say, though, Tommy? He's, he's stinky, but boy, is he fast. <laughs> <laughs> he's, ugh, he's the flesh. But he, we're happy about it. <laughs> but we're happy about that. Uh, 
This activates your limbic system, quote, which houses our emotional reactions. This seeks, once again, like saying when people leave you out, you get emotional reactions is such. <laughs> thank you. With that, we needed a chartered expert. Yeah, cool. Thanks. This. this seeks to minimize the perceived threat, quote, by avoiding a person or situation or by attacking back. This, unfortunately, is an unconscious reaction and one that is fairly easy triggered by, as Rosenzluler says, that your limbic system, quote, is more tuned to threats than rewards. As a result, your ability to respond rationally and fairly is inhibited, so you don't know what the... You're just like, start swinging your arms. Start swinging. Like I do in any argument. Uh, (laughs) Making it all the more likely that you will say or do something you regret. But there are ways to ensure that you don't let confrontation get the better of you, Theo. uh, And acknowledge... (laughs) (laughs) Me? I like to call people out. (laughs) Wagging your finger a lot over there. Yeah, wagging my finger. Because uh, I feel like that's the article is wagging your finger uh, and acknowledging the stressors that trigger the threat, threat response is one of them. According to David Rock of the Neuro Leadership Institute, the Neuro Leadership Institute is from a comic book. It does <laughs> it, sound it is, Scientology adjacent for sure. It does. It, yeah. does, it seems like uh, the like obviously villain, like they try to have a good <laughs> facade, but they're right. like, we're here to help science. And then they're just like, our CEO was Mr. Neuron and he <laughs> fucked everybody's brains up. Oh no. There are five key social threats that act as potential stressors. These include having your competence undermined. Theo, I think that you're... <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, you think of what? I think that you're unequipped to keep uh-huh. your windows closed because you had to op- close your window. Oh, at my. The of the- Got him. I'm being undermined. He's not competent. Feeling as though you're being micromanaged. Hey, Theo, can you actually adjust your mic uh, just a, a little a little bit? Just a little. It's it's okay. pronounced micromanagement. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I am not as cultured as you. In believing a situation to be unfair. That's my this, life, baby. Your, your catchphrase for a year was, this is a horse's ass. This is a horse's <laughs> It's It was so ingrained that people say it to me now. Yes, like yes, it's my catchphrase, it, it was like a, a successful character. catchphrase for a year there. It's it fallen a, off, but it was very, a good one for a minute. And you had, I have a, a spicy people. <laughs> it's your best one. Uh, <laughs> so as Rothenzuer explained, quote, Recognizing these trigger points for what they are, threats to our social standing, help us to manage how we deal with our fight-or-flight response kicking in. My honor! My honor! (laughs) What this means is that, by taking note of the things that tip you over the edge, you become more able to take stock of your situation and see it for what it is. And, I don't know why this is in quotes, quote, remind yourself that there is no overt threat to your well-being or safety, says Rothen <laughs> Thuler. Like, Every time you're feeling like, you need a direct listen, quote. you're walking and it starts to rain. You forgot your raincoat. Stop and remember, there's no pterodactyl bearing down on you. It's just, it's just your tiny dino brain. That's, oh, no, it, there is a pterodactyl. Bear. Ah! <laughs> ah! 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 <laughs> This is, she recognizes that this is easier said than done, though, and that, quote, re-engaging our thinking brain when it has been hijacked by our emotional brain takes time and practice to get right. 
If you're a bit lost where to start, though, you can try creating a brief pause when you find yourself in the midst of a heated conversation. You know, the easiest thing to do when you're <laughs> getting verbally punneled. Yeah. Uh, Thuler says, You know what always quote, makes me calm down is when I'm mm-hmm. when I'm mad and someone says to me, calm down. That always makes me so calm. And so, <laughs> so if I stop and tell myself, calm down, that's really going to make me calm, I think. This person is a psychologist, and this is the advice that they give. We have gotten through this entire article because, listener, if you have no been advice. thinking, where's the advice in yeah, this how-to? I have not learned how to do how-to. I just learned that the pandemic was bad, and uh-huh. it was bad not to, it was bad to live with my loved ones. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, when people leave you out, you you get angry and hurt. Which, yes, I could have told you that. I didn't. Need, I don't need a degree. <laughs> this is the advice she says. In the midst of a heated conversation, quote, taking a couple of deep breaths, counting to 10, or getting a glass of water generates a moment of choice, which enables us to consciously <laughs> choose what to do or say next. <laughs> I'm just, hold on. I know I'm very mad. I'm just going to take a deep breath and decide yeah. if I should if I should or should not throat rip you. Just give me, a, just give me one quick second. I'm going to do a deep breath. Just hold still. I don't know if you've had people do that to you where they imagine having a heated conversation. Theo, I don't think that Toy Story 2 is my favorite Pixar movie. <laughs> oh, how could you, you just, say this? How could you say that? Iron Man 2, it's only okay. Great movie. Just, oh. Come on. <laughs> and, and we get in a heated conversation and you just go. <sighs> in the middle, I think you're going to kill me. Like yeah. <laughs> deep breaths. And then you go. 10, 9, 8, <laughs> 7. Like that, or just like leaving the fucking group. If you just go, oh, no. one second, and you just come back with a glass, glass of, water, of water, and you go, where were we? Like, <laughs> I would get so fucking pissed off. I'd be like, you fuck. Like, we were having an argument. <laughs> Don't you walk away from me. Uh, but anyway, so... So one last quote from uh, Rothenthuler says, no matter how provocative or perturbing somebody else's comments or behaviors are, we can learn to manage our triggers. So no matter if people are just fucking screaming in your face, you can just go, 10, 9, 8, 7. Is he a bomb? 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. But anyway, that is the end of our podcast sure is we we just blew it up baby and if you want to send us some some uh bombs in our email we uh-huh. shouldn't say that actually no, that's don't, bad. hey don't do <laughs> that why would you invite that energy uh send send any segments that you have to segment city podcast at gmail.com hit up our twitter segment city our youtube is segment city and uh if you have any reviews for us if you like the episode leave a, a rating leave star ratings Reviews. Leave a review that says, says, this episode was a humdinger. And I had a conversation today, in fact, with this particular person that we we thank every single episode. You talked to world-famous musician Rachel Robison, Mm -hmm. whose music can be found on streaming platforms around the globe, who did our intro music, and who is is a wonderful human being. That's true. That's true. And you know what? Dare I say it? Give her a raise. Somebody out there, come on. She deserves it. Give her a raise. But anyway, 
Now we come to the the conclusion, the morbid conclusion. After the, the destruction from the bomb, there is always death. And we have here a list of unusual deaths. Uh-huh. So let's get right into our last segment. This is Pietro Aretino, who died the 21st of October, 1556. The influential, influential Italian author and libertine <laughs> Pietro Arentino is said to have died of suffocation from laughing too much at an obscene <laughs> oh, joke no. during a meal in Venice. So oh, no. he died laughing, which is a great way to go. Oh, no. Another version states that he fell from a chair from too much laughter fracturing his skull which i'm gonna say probably more realistic probably more realistic (laughs) i initially thought you were gonna say he was an italian influencer which like a book influencer which i thought would have just been (laughs) terrible hey you guys ordered this guy uh dante oh what's he all about huh he's i think he's pretty good i give him a pretty good rating four to five Hey, is that Mockingbird mocking me? Is that Mockingbird mocking me? You come, come back here. I'm gonna get you, you book. And that's how we're gonna end. We're gonna end on that. But hey, and uh, go read a book, listener. And oh, what's this one? No, 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 no. Get out of here. (laughs) This is a very Dutch and meat heavy episode. (laughs) And you know what? They're taking us away. Oh, fuck.